Jesus did not need anyone to testify about human nature. He himself understood it well. I think as we consider how we are to receive God's commandments, as we do in our first reading, this is where we need to begin. Jesus understands us. He understands what it means to be us. As God, he is the author of human nature, and as man, he knows what it's like to walk in our shoes. So he literally knows human nature inside and out. He knows our weaknesses, he knows our strengths. He knows our needs and desires. He knows what's good for us, and he knows what's bad for us. And he knows what will make us happy. So therefore, when he speaks, we should listen. When he speaks, we should listen. God doesn't impose commands upon us like a tyrant who imposes his will from the outside. God instructs us like a loving father might instruct his children for our good. And this is why Jesus says in the gospel elsewhere, I no longer call you slaves, but friends, because he shares with us the mind of the father, that same mind that first conceived of us. He knows us, and he knows what will make us happy. And he teaches us by his precepts so that we might reach that end, that happiness for which we're made. For example, the very first of the Ten Commandments is not to worship false gods. And this is why Jesus drove the money changers out of the temple, because the temple is meant for the service of God. And instead, these people were there serving themselves. They had made a god of their own greed. And that's not what we were made for. No one has ever gotten happy pursuing greed. We keep trying it over and over again, but no one has ever gotten happy by pursuing greed. It's because we were made to love and to serve God and to love and to serve one another. And the Ten Commandments give us an outline for how to do that. Don't worship false idols. Don't take the Lord's name in vain. Don't kill. Don't steal. Don't lie. Don't commit adultery. All of these don'ts, right? Don't, don't, don't. All of these don'ts can give the impression of negativity, but if you think about it, rather than giving us a huge list of all the good things that we're permitted to do, it makes sense that God would just give us a short list of these few things that we must not do because these things are incompatible with human nature. They're incompatible for the end for which we're made. They go against how God designed us. And so if we want to be happy, we'll avoid those things. And it's possible for us to, to recast the commandments as positive commands rather than as prohibitions. For example, we would say worship God, honor his name, respect life, tell the truth. And this also applies to the third commandment, which is to keep the Sabbath holy. Instead of reading that command as, don't do any work, we can understand it as a positive command to rest, in imitation of God, who himself rested 
on the seventh day of creation. We rest in imitation of God. That's important to consider because why did God rest? Why did God rest? It wasn't because he was tired. (laughs) He wasn't worn out, right? Genesis tells us that God rested on the seventh day to look at all that he had created and see that it was good. That's what our Sabbath rest ought to be. Not just a pause from our work, but a time that we set aside to focus on God's work and to appreciate its goodness. And that's why the principal way that we celebrate the Sabbath is by gathering as a community here to celebrate the Eucharist in thanksgiving for what God has done for us through his son, Jesus Christ. We give thanksgiving for the works of God. And it's not because God needs our thanks. God doesn't need our thanks. It's because God knows that we need to thank him. It's built into our nature. Even secular psychologists recognize this. I saw um, a report on the Harvard Medical School website that reported on several studies that they had conducted on the effects of gratitude. And in one study, participants were asked to keep a journal for 10 weeks. And one group in the study was instructed to only write down things every day that they were thankful for. And there was another group that was instructed to only write down the things that bothered them that day, the things that irritated them. And then there was a third control group that wasn't given any instruction. They were told they could write whatever they wanted. And the group who was instructed to only write down the things that they were grateful for reported at the end of the 10 weeks feeling more optimistic, feeling more self-confident than the other two groups did. Now, secular psychology has also discovered that, surprise, human beings function best when our periods of work are interrupted by periods of rest. Not just to give our bodies time to recover from physical labor, but our minds need time to review and to filter and to incorporate all of the information that we're taking in constantly. So rest is actually an an integral part of how we learn and it boosts creativity. So science is discovering all of these things now. But God has always known these things about us. And that's why among all the commandments, not to kill, not to steal, not to lie, he also commands us to take a Sabbath rest. Because we were not made for servile labor. We were made to be the friends of God. We are the adopted sons and daughters of the Father. And it's very easy for us to become distracted by all the worldly pursuits that we're engaged in and to lose sight of that essential aspect of our identity. We can forget who we are as persons. And that's why we need the Sabbath as a day to rest and to remember. This coming week, starting, um, starting tomorrow, tomorrow night at 6.30, we're going to have a Lenten mission for our parish. Father Marcel Amadi, who is one of Father Paul's childhood friends, will be with us for three days, speaking about repentance, restoration, and renewal. I know Father Marcel. He's also a campus minister here in our diocese in Greensboro. 
and uh, he's quite a good speaker. And this is an opportunity for us, I think, to incorporate a Sabbath rest into our normal weekly routine, to take a pause during this season of Lent. So even apart from our usual Sunday obligation, we can take a little break from the demands of our day-to-day life to renew our focus on God and on all the good things that he has done for us and to remind ourselves of who we are and who we are called to be as persons. So his first talk will be on repentance, and that will be tomorrow night at 6.30 in the evening. He will then celebrate Mass on Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. He'll be here Tuesday morning at 9 o'clock celebrating Mass, and as the homily during that Mass, he'll deliver his second talk on restoration. And he'll repeat that talk again at 6.30 on Tuesday evening. So you have two opportunities on Tuesday to hear that second talk. Mass in the morning or you can come at 6.30 in the evening and hear that second talk on restoration. And then on Wednesday, the mission concludes with Mass at our normal Mass time at 5.30 in the evening on Wednesday, during which time Father Marcel will deliver his third talk about renewal. Renewal. And then after Mass... We'll expose the Blessed Sacrament and we'll have a time of adoration and confession. An adoration and confession. It'll be something like a Lenten penance service. And I invite us all, that'll last until 8.30, until about until 8.30 in the evening. And I invite us all to come and take opportunity of this time that God has provided for us during this season of Lent to step away from our normal routines and to give this time over to him to reflect on our lives in the light of God's commands, in the light of his instructions for our happiness, and if necessary, take advantage of the sacrament of reconciliation to do a little cleansing of our own temples, right? To cast out all the false idols that might have taken residence in our hearts. God is a loving father. And he only wants what is best for us. He knows that we need times of rest and he need, we need times of renewal. And from time to time, we need a little cleansing. We might at times feel as though God's commands are burdensome. I know I do sometimes. I think we all can feel that way. But as Jesus says, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And this is why his commands are called sweeter than honey in our psalm today. And why his law is said to revive the soul and gladden the heart. As challenging as it may seem sometimes to follow God's commands, we can be grateful that our Lord and his precepts includes the command to rest. Let us enter into his rest and allow our creator to revive our soul and renew our spirit.